Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. I don't know yet. I'm going to be very honest with you, and this is very rare that this happens. Normally, I try, the Lord, I try to say, Lord, give me a word or, or, I mean, not a word, a title or something, sometimes even catchy so that people would remember this forever. So today, I, I don't, I have some, but I'm not sure exactly what the, the title of the message is. So maybe at the end, we'll title the message together that you see fit. Um, I almost titled it something about Mary. And, um, but we'll see where that goes. I'm not sure if that's the title we'll keep it at, but, but it's the first title that came to my mind, something about Mary. <laughs> and um, today my, my wife, it's been very busy, and, and, and she's at the end of the school year, and, and you could imagine she's, she's constantly busy and all that. So she, she, almost, she almost blessed us with a word today, and, and amen. But it's coming, it's coming. It's coming, it's coming. God is, is really speaking to her heart some stuff. God is speaking to her heart some stuff. And soon and very soon, she, she, you know, she'll, she'll come and, and bring God's word to our hearts. I, I, would love, I would love to sit and receive from her. So, praise God. So, but at least she was able to share that and what she deposited into our hearts this morning. And, and we thank you for that. But... But today's special, you know, it's Mother's Day, and we know that. And, and I think it's so fitting and it's so interesting that, that being Mother's Day, um, we, could, we could talk about Jesus' mom, and that's Mary. Be- before we start talking about Mary, I, I kind of want to be clear on this. I feel like Mary is, um, is, is looked down upon Christians. Like, I feel like we're scared to honor Mary because then you think it's like idolatry. I'm not allowed to honor her. Of course you are. You're allowed to honor man. You don't worship man, but you honor man. Okay, they, I mean, come on. God used Mary to raise God. That's an honor to give. Like, I'm going to raise Jesus. That's an, like, so we have to be very careful that you're, you know, that you're going to go see God face to face, and that's his mom, you know. And uh, so we're going to honor her, and I think that's good. I'm not going to worship her. I'm not going to say a prayer to her. I'm not going to sing a song to her. But I do want to share a word that is going to honor God through her life. And I think that's the greatest reason, and that's the only reason why we honor anyone or why we honor her. Because we honor God through their lives, how they honor God through their lives. If Mary did not honor God, I'm not going to honor Mary. And if you're not honoring God, then it's going to be hard to lift you up and honor you. But because of that, we could, we could do that and honor her. Amen? Amen. I know it, um, today's being recorded and the messages are always recorded on our app. But in the middle of it, I, I just want to just stop, pause and t- tell Dignum Happy Mother's Day, but also Happy Birthday. Yeah. I, just, I, just of, I almost forgot. So, so we love you, Dignum. Amen? So, amen. So let's get into this and let's talk a little bit about what God was putting in my heart. I really am, when I say I'm praying uh, for God to kind of make this stuff clear and uh, to just 
to assure this as much as possible, I, I really am. So I want to turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 1. If you could go ahead and join me in that, Luke chapter 1. And um, I want to look at when Mary was visited by the angel. And the angel is going to tell Mary everything that, was going to ha- that is going to happen, everything she's going to encounter, and um, everything that she's pretty much to do. And I want us to look at that, in- that, that encounter between, between Mary, um, the angel, and-, and I feel like a lot of it deals with Mary's inner self as well. So we're going to get to see a lot of different dimensions of Mary, and, and, and I really hope you're blessed by this. I, I hope that the bigger picture when you walk out of here is the presence of the Lord living in you than, than going and, and standing before an image of Mary and, and, and praying her. That's not what I'm doing at all, but it's through her life, the glory of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Um, in Luke chapter 1, I want to start off in verses 26, 7, and 8. I want to start off in verse 26. I'm going to, I don't know why I did this, but those three verses, I'm going to go ahead and read it in the New King James, and then I'm going to just, to keep it simple, most of the, my mess, the rest of my text will be NLT. But listen to this. It says this in verse 26, Luke chapter 1. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph of the house of David, The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. These three verses, it's already a a great start-off point to start today's message. Because this is what I feel is happening here, and this is what the Lord is is speaking to Mary. and, And through Gabriel Angel as being the messenger angel to deliver this word to Mary. It's him telling her, you're receiving something that you're not necessarily deserving of, favor. You're receiving something that you don't deserve, and it's his favor. Does everyone recognize that we are undeserving of God's favor? There's no way that we could stand here and say, well, I deserve it. Well, just by saying that, you don't deserve it. We don't deserve God's favor. But there's something about him that he looks upon us and, and yet, he says, I will find favor in my son, in my daughter. And what an honor that is. And, and here's Gabriel, and he stops Mary in her life, and he says, rejoice, you are highly favored. And the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. You're receiving something you don't deserve necessarily, and it's called favor. And, and what is he saying? That out of all of the women on the earth... Heaven has looked upon you. Heaven has looked upon you. And heaven will grace you. God will grace. Like, imagine that visitation by an angel coming before you and saying, you're highly favored. You're blessed among everyone in this world. Some seven billion. And, 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 and he goes on and it's teaching us and it's showing us why would God stop me in the middle of living here on earth, to tell me all of heaven, all of me will grace you today and show you favor. And, and I think about that and he says, you're, you're blessed among many women. You're, you're, you're blessed among them all. And I said, man, what an honor that is to receive from the angel Gabriel. And I feel like what we just did with moms is an honor. And I'll, I will pause for a moment, maybe throughout the whole message or whatnot, and honor moms. But, but especially right now, I feel like that was special because... 
I think for the children that don't recognize it, your parents are to be honored. Your mom is to be honored. She's part of the parents. I mean, I mean, think about that. There is one promise to the end of age. You'll, you'll live longer days. What is it? Honor your mother and your father. I want to live longer for the sake of even my own children. And, 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 and for that to happen, this needs to happen. I got to honor mom. I got to honor dad. I got to honor the people that God's given me on earth to be my parents. And, and I could celebrate mom today and I could celebrate all you moms today because I, and I know all of you do this too, right? Like I could, I could just sit here and say, I know you guys have all good, we do this on Father's Day too. Sorry for being so corny and saying the same thing. But I know you guys say you have the best moms, but really I have the best mom. And yours is the best one for you. And you want person sitting next to you, that's the best one for them. But I'm telling you that my mom will go toe-to-toe with all your moms. And how many of you feel, you know, how many of you feel the same way? You know, it's, it's a good thing to feel that way. Because of the blessing they've been for you. And, and, and the truth is, I could stop and I could celebrate mom and say, to my mom and to all you moms out here that do such a great job, you're highly favored. Blessed are you among women. We could all say that. My son and daughter have one mother. And because of that, blessed is my wife among women who's been called to be their mother. No one else has that call to be my children's mom but my wife. Mom, blessed are you among all other women that God's entrusted you, those two kids. And that could go for every single one of you. Come on, moms. Blessed are you among women. How many of you can receive that? I believe that. One pastor says it this way, the greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. You know, I think about like Billy Graham just passed and the whole world honored him. Well, his parents had a big deal in that. The way they raised him, the way they poured into him. And, and his mom had a I, I was listening to Franklin Graham, and he was being interviewed by someone who I'm, I admire. And in this interview, it was all about Billy Graham. Billy Graham, Billy Graham, Billy Graham. And Franklin Graham said something so amazing. He said, you know, I'm going to be very honest with you, but my, I can't just sit here. This is crazy. I can't just sit here and just honor my father the whole, the whole radio um, interview. I said, I'm going to be very honest with you. My father would have not have been who he was and if it was not for my mother. My mother is the big part of what made my father special. So as I honor our father, it has to also channel from my... Franklin Graham said that because everyone thinks about Billy, but they forget about Ruth. And Ruth was a huge contribution to Billy's ministry. Man. Charles Spurgeon, I think it's good to always quote Charles Spurgeon, he says this, you're as much serving God and looking after your own children. Training them up in God's fear, minding the house, making your household a church for God as you would be if you had been called to lead an army to battle for the Lord of hosts. You moms, because you're not preaching in the wilderness and you're not preaching out in the deserts and you're not in Africa or, or, or if you're not in Asia or you're not walking around your neighborhood going door to door to preaching to people and you feel like God's not using you correctly because God's ministry hasn't been fulfilled in you. I'm telling you that God's ministry is fulfilled in the children that you raise, in the church that you're raising up at home. That's your ministry. 
That's your mission field. Why? Because those arrows that you're sharpening and you're telling Bible stories to and you're correcting their character and you're telling them you shouldn't do that, you're getting ready to shoot them forward. And hopefully it's forward for the things of the kingdom. So I love that Charles Spurgeon says that. All these things that we could mention that you moms do are greater than you are if you were called to lead an army for the battle of the Lord. How many of you can honor just moms again and just say, amen, amen, mom. Look at your mom across the room, tap her on her shoulder. She's right next to you and say, amen. I'm in agreement. If you're not, let's have an altar call and (laughs) moms will lay hands on you. Mom, as we continue in our message, you're an ama- I wrote this down. You're an amazing minister in the ministry that the Lord has entrusted you in. And it's called motherhood. You were a badge of motherhood. And, 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 and you're an amazing minister. That's your ministry. Blessed are you among women. Amen? Let's give them one more hand. And I can drink some water. Hallelujah. All right, let, let's continue in this word here. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man man whose name was Joseph and of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. That's so important. Those things are, that phrases are so, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you, and blessed are you among women. Those three things are so important today. Verse, Verse 29 Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. The angel says, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, so important, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The Passion Translation says it this way. Mary said to the angel, verse 34, but how? I've never slept with a man. The New King James says it this way. How can this be since I don't know a man? Mary's like, I'm very young. I got a fiance over there. And this angel just stopped me and said, I'm going to conceive a child. And how is this going to happen if I've never known a man? I have so many thoughts. I have so many things that the Lord poured into my heart. And I want to just share it all with you in in, in this passage. We might jump to some other places, but pretty much we're staying right here. But but I started to look at this passage and I say this. Ready? And you should take notes, especially today. Take notes. If not, go back, listen to it on the podcast and take notes at home. Can the greatest evidence of God's favor, can the greatest evidence of God's favor, let me explain to you why I'm talking about God's favor. A lot of the teaching today. Here it is. Rejoice, highly favored one. Remember that? Rejoice, highly favored one. Remember that? Okay. So because of that, let's talk about favor for a moment. Can the greatest evidence of God's favor in our lives be him taking residence in us? Can can that be the ultimate sign of favor? God living in me. In Christmas time, we call that what? Emmanuel, God with us. 
So the angel Gabriel tells Mary, the Lord is with you and he has favor in you. And Mary's response to this angel Gabriel is, how can this be? I've never known a man. Can the greatest evidence of God's favor in our lives is God himself taking residence inside of me. Like some of you think very little of yourselves and some of you guys drive yourselves nuts. But stop for a moment and recognize that there is a living God present inside of you. He's alive in you, hopefully. And, and God is showing us through Mary that, that to host such a presence or a greater degree of presence is not possible and it's not achievable through man or in man. How do we know that? How is this possible if I've never known a man? And God says, you're right, because what I'm supernaturally going to do to you can never be done in a man or through a man. So, so Mary is about to receive God himself in her womb. And what the Lord is showing her is, well, I don't know a man. How is that stuff going to happen? And God says, that's exactly. That's exactly what I need to do. I need to take man out of the equation to show you that I am fully glorified and fully in this. You can't give credit to none other than to me. So, so God is really going to take Mary deep to a place. Um, also, Joseph. It's not possible or achievable in a man or through a man. So I started to think about this and I said, okay, as a pastor and as a leader and as a Christian and as a brother and, and as a son and so many things that hats we wear. Let me, let us never try to construct ways for people to have an experience while missing what only the supernatural can do. Which is to have an encounter in presence that will leave them lo longing for deeper degrees of what I'm calling today supernatural presence rather than more natural experience being constructed by men. We could have an amazing experience or you could have an amazing encounter that you never want to walk away from again. That's what Mary's going through. So, so how can this be Gabriel Angel if I've never known a man? Because Mary, this has nothing to do with, with you knowing or not knowing a man. It has everything to do with God knowing you. Give God credit that he knew you before you knew him already. Numbered your days, wrote out your life. If you don't like your hair color, sorry, he picked it out for you. And he used DNA and all those things to make it work. He did it all. He loves you. And in the middle of that, he calls you beautiful, fearfully, wonderfully made. He says so many things about you. But Mary, how about this has nothing to do with, I've never known a man. How will I be pregnant? Right. This has, and who told you that this has anything to do with you? With you knowing a man. Or you, it has everything to do with God knowing you. And what is it? What is he trying to say? It's more important to focus that God knows you than to try to maneuver things to see what you could get in or through man. He, he knows Mary. What is the angel telling her? He knows, Mary, your intimacy well. And what does he call you? Blessed and favorable. And you will host his son in you. And then you're going to call his name Jesus. His, his favor. Everyone say favor. 
this is, this is so, I don't want to kind of get into it right now because I'm going to get into it in like about two minutes, but, but hold on. His favor is upon you, right? Right? What, what does that mean for Mary? She's young. She's not like in her adult years. She's young. She's what we would call in this generation of time a preteen. She's very odd, you know? You have a 12-year-old daughter, and she comes up to you, and she says, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah, Mary, she, she, that's what I'm talking about right now. That's Mary for you. So when, when the angel tells Mary, God's favor is upon you, I think it's, it's, it's deep. It's, it's bigger than what we can even think of because his favor, if you think about it, what did it really do to her? If you look at the physical, if you look at the exterior things, it had her outcasted. God's favor upon her, if you look at the exterior things that that favor does for her, it says nothing good on earth. It has her outcasted, made fun of, spoken ill of, right? Rejected by her own people. But when you start to look into the life of Mary, all of it was worth it because I carry his son in me. See, favor is greater. Favor is greater presence in us. And for Mary's young life and for, the, and for Joseph's young life, what is the angel trying to teach? That favor is greater presence in us and not greater fame on earth. Mary, you have a plan and you might think you're going to get married and you're planning your wedding and this is how many children you want to have. But I'm going to interrupt all your plans that you have for earth and on earth. And I want to defame everything that you have planned out. And I want you to know that the favor of the Lord is in you. And what is that favor going to do to Mary? It's going to cause many to despise her. I thought I had favor. You did. That's why many look down. <laughs> because we automatically, that favor thinks, oh, you got the high seat of honor. And God says, yeah, in my kingdom, but, but on earth, my favor speaks so different. It's so good. Because it gives me hope. You know? It gives me hope. Sometimes he needs to defame us. So that we can see the greater picture. And that, that it's not about us, but it's about having more of him in us. Amen? Amen. Let's read verses 35, 36, 37. Ready? So the angel replies to Mary, actually, actually, confused 29, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Most of you moms just pray this, Lord, just make him healthy when he's born. That's not, the Gabriel is not saying, not just healthy. Um, he's going to be very great. <laughs> he's going to be called the son of God, the most high. The Lord God is going to give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he's going to reign over Israel forever. Amen. Not your ordinary child. So Mary asked the angel, how can this be, for I've never known a man. Let's go to verse 35. So then the angel replied, love his reply. He's angelic. He's from God. He has a word from God, so he, she's not going to outshut him. He's going to win this discussion because he's sent from the Lord. He stands before the Lord. So the angel says, this is how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What? 
Okay, got that? Take a deep breath on that for a moment. It's a lot of information. I love verse 36. Oh, I'm not done yet, the angel says. I'm not done yet. All those things are going to happen to you, young, young, young lady. Young lady, all those things are going are to happen to you. Many of you wouldn't call her young lady because you don't understand the Jewish custom. Many of you would call her little girl. Little girl, many, many things are going to happen to you. But wait, I'm not done yet. There's also something else happening. Look at verse 36. There's something more. Your cousin Elizabeth, the old lady, yeah, the old lady, your cousin, the old cousin. Your old cousin Elizabeth, she too has become pregnant. And she's become pregnant now in her old age. Guys, this is so important what the angel's about to say here. Ready? People used to say she was barren. But she now has conceived the son, and she's now in her sixth month. And I love verse 37. For the word of God will not fail. So, so Mary, all these things are going to happen to you. And she's like, wow, this is a lot to take in. He's like, oh, I'm not done yet. Soon you're going to visit your old cousin Elizabeth. And when you visit her, she's going to have a bump too. And, um, but she's an old woman. <laughs> How did my, you know, us Hispanics would call if they're older, even though they're cousins, uncles, you know. But how, how is my old cousin going to... You guys can read between the lines. Kids here today, but... How is that going to happen? How is that going to work? How is that going to be effective? And, and, and so, so God tells Mary, this supernatural thing is going to happen in you. But, but it's not just with you. This supernatural thing is going to happen with Elizabeth, your old cousin... And, 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 and everyone knows her as the woman who is barren, but the word of God will never fail. Come on, ride with me here for a moment. You have Mary, who is a young girl. Some of you will call her little girl. Who will conceive a son through the Holy Spirit. Amen? But then you have her cousin, Elizabeth, who is a woman of age. She's actually very old. Who has been known her whole... Known her whole life. Man, the titles that people give you and the titles you give yourself are, are, are. She's been titled and told she's barren her whole life. And my God, am I going to wow her? And am I going to wow everyone around her that has given her that label her whole life? I'm going to speak something into that label. How many of you carry a label on you? And it's become your reality. But before God, he, I mean, this is so amazing. This is so powerful. He, 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 the angel is telling her, but Elizabeth, this woman of age, who, who's known her whole life as barren, who's carried this title, who's carried this weight her whole life, she too, the supernatural is going to take place. Now both women, one is very young and the other one is very old. But both now, something's happening within them. Did you catch what's happening to both of them because of something that's happening inwardly inside of them? I wonder if anyone caught it. Maybe I should give you like context clues. Elizabeth was known as what her whole life? Is she going to be identified as barren anymore? Say that, Armando. She's being transformed. You have both women now, one very young, the other one very old. But something's, 
supernaturally is happening inside of both of them. The one that is young says, how can I be a mom when I've never had a man? I'm going to have a man soon, but I haven't had a man yet. So how is that going to start living inside of me? The other one says, I'm very old. I'm sure things are not working on both sides of the camp here. So how is that going to happen inside of me? This is so important because it's deeper than anything else. It's something that is supernatural. And what God is doing to both young Mary and old Elizabeth is this. Both now will be re-identified with what they carry inside of them. One will be called the mother of Elizabeth when she walked her whole life as that's the barren woman that was never able to give Zechariah a child. But now she's going to go to every single person that said that to her and said, let me show you my son that God gave me through Zechariah and he's going to pave the way for the coming Messiah. Let me tell you what your label did to me. It re-identifies her now. And then Mary, the one who will reign over every nation and every being who will judge the world, will call her mom. Man, that's heavy. Both women, so let's go back to favor for a second. I want to talk a little bit about favor because I feel like I have a wrong view of favor. So many, so often, and maybe you do too, you can share this battle with me. How is favor on Elizabeth? How is favor on Elizabeth, the old woman? At her old age, now she's bearing and she's conceiving a child. How is favor upon her? Do you know the things? Do you know, do, do you understand the outside world, what that's going to cause in Elizabeth's life? Do you know the family members and the things that they're going to say? Do you, do you get what that's going to do for Elizabeth? Do you understand what, what Elizabeth was not like, she, do, like, will she be alive for her son's whole life? Like, will she see him grow up? Will she see him have his first girlfriend? Will she see him, like, play his first baseball game like like this is a very serious how is favor upon her when when things are gonna get very difficult now for elizabeth conceiving this child and i think about mary and i say how is favor on young mary conceiving a child out of wedlock young causing rejection being outcasted as a matter of fact when you study the in situation man those inns and stuff like that were people's homes people that knew her since she was a baby that saw her very mother pregnant with her and she's going to friends homes and families homes saying i want to come in I need to talk to you I'm being everyone would shut the door on Mary her very own family would cause a stain upon them how are we going to explain guys come here how is Mary going to explain this to her fiance baby I got to talk to you I know we're getting married in a little while but like God got me pregnant how is she gonna how is all this stuff gonna be accepted how is all this stuff gonna happen how is this favor I want to share what God put in my heart. Ready? It's because favor is not about the circumstances around you. Favor is about who's becoming alive inside of you. And I think when the angel told Mary, you're going to conceive a child and he's going to be great. He's going to be called the son of the most high God. He's going to take over the seed of his ancestor David. And he's going to reign over Israel forever. And she looked at all that. Um, She probably thought, awesome. We're going to be royalty Little did she know 33 years later, she's going to be at the feet of Jesus watching him be crucified. I bet, for, I bet you Mary's like, 
I'm going to be the mother of the king. I think they call, what do they call the mothers of kings? The first lady? I don't know what they call them. They call them something. They have some sort of a high position in, in royalty. So I'm thinking that that's what she thought. But 33 years later, the throne that he chose was the cross to bear our sin. And she was one of the very few that were at her son's feet. I mean, I mean, think about favor for a moment. Favor is not about the circumstances around you because there's no way that that's favor. Blessed are you, Mary, for God has found favor on you. Blessed are you among women, right? Fast forward 33 years later, you're going to be crying at the sight of your son's killing. But wait a minute. That's favor. It's favor. Because what happens is us being humanity, us being man, me being man, let me pick on myself, I automatically think that favor is that everything outwardly works out for me. And God says, no, something, sometimes I got to cause everything outwardly to work wrong for you so that finally you could search for something inside of you to become right in you. And you won't do it until you hit your face on the floor. So don't look for favor in the outside things and the exterior things and what this world could give you, but start looking at favor in what God can do for you and inside of you. Mary, blessed are you among women. God has found favor in you. He has? How? He's going to get you pregnant with his son. And the spirit of the Lord is going to become alive inside of you. Something's going to grow inside of you. Something's going to be made alive in you. Things around you may not look like it's favorable to you. Just like Elizabeth and Mary. But the favor of the Lord is working something that is so sweet inside of you. But this is what I want to ask you. Are you welcoming that in your life? Because, man, does it suck if everything around us is not working for us and neither is nothing inside of us working out for us? Because then that means you're not welcoming it. Let me say this to you. Your identity is not found in the things surrounding you or the people around you. It's time to break that curse that was spoken over you. Tell me who you hang out with and I'll tell you who you are. We say it in Spanish all the time, the Hispanics. You tell me who you hang out with and I'll tell you who you are. It's time to break that curse of that saying. And it's time to say that my identity is not found in the things surrounding me, in the people around me, in the voices that are saying things to me, the words that others speak over me in my very own thoughts, identification, you should write this down, begins to be established when God's holy presence starts to take residence inside of you. Let me say that one more time. Identification begins to be established when God's holy presence starts to take residence inside of you. Are you guys with me or not? I feel like we should close the service down. Thank you. But let me tell you what I mean by this. Mary is young. Little girl. Little girl. And all that Mary knows is I'm planning a wedding. All that Mary knows is my husband's going to get me any day now. All that Mary knows is, all right, this, is, this will be cool. He's kind of good looking. I like it. So she's walking her ordinary normal life. And one day the angel stops her and God stops her on her path. And all she could identify with is, well, you know, this is who I am. I'm going to marry this guy and we're going to live a life and hopefully we'll live around this area and we'll have a house one day. And who knows what she thought. <laughs> but Gabriel comes before her and says, change your plans. God's going to re-identify you. So what you didn't know was you're not going to just be the, the, the wife of um, Joseph soon. But I want to identify you now. God wants to identify you also. 
as the God wants to identify you also now as the mother of Jesus. Like Mary will walk a certain way, you know, I'm sure. Mary thought a certain way. But now she, like when she was cooking dinner, like when the kids were playing in the yard, like when they said, Mom, I'll be back like what, like in an hour, I'm going to go right back around the neighborhood. You guys, come on. I, I'm wondering what she thought in her mind. She let all the other, because she had other brothers, he had brothers, you know, we know it, they wrote letters in the Bible. Jesus had siblings, Mary and Joseph actually had kids through intimacy. But, but I'm wondering that when all the kids were playing, the oldest one, Jesus, was a little bit more special. And I'm wondering if, uh, where are you guys going, Jesus, can you just, like, I'm thinking, like, was she scared, like, this is God's son. God forbid, if out of my watch something happens to him, how do I answer to God? Like, like think about Mary for, for a moment. She went from this girl who thought she was going to get married and thought that this is what her life was going to be. And then she is encountered by God. And now God says, right, I have to re-identify you because you're going to be called mom. Well, yeah, I figured I'm going to become mom one day. I'm getting married. So hopefully I'll have a kid. No, that's not what I'm talking about. You're going to be my mom. I'm going to put my son in you and you're going to raise him. You're going to be the, the mother of God, the mother of Christ. And, so, so I think about this, and, 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 and I can't stop, but identification begins to begin in Mary, also in Elizabeth, and it begins to be established when God's presence starts to take residence in her. And in God's presence, it's really God's presence. One who is very young, has never known a man, and will supernaturally conceive a child and give birth as a virgin, changing the course of her life forever and of history. Did you catch that? The other one, who is known as bearing her whole life, Elizabeth, and who is old, will conceive child and be called mother, changing the course of her life and forever in history. Trust me, Jesus, Jesus needed John the Baptist. Jesus used John the Baptist. Everyone always focuses about Mary and um, Jesus. But do you know what Jesus said about John the Baptist? There is no greater man that is born from a woman than my cousin John the Baptist. You're talking about the old woman who was known as barren her whole life. Jesus says, and no man is greater than that man who's ever been born from a woman. That means that Jesus' own words speaks to Elizabeth that out of all the children that have ever been born outside of me and mom, Jesus is saying, the greatest Man to be born from a woman, Elizabeth, at your old age that everyone called you barren, is your son. I think we forget that sometimes in Scripture. The Lord is showing us from young to old that identification happens within and it's not a respecter of age. For you guys that might be older and say, well, how will I ever get my years back? Don't even worry about the past. Don't even worry about the present. Worry about right now the Lord taking residence inside of you. And what does that mean? Man, I mean this. Worry about right now what God wants to become alive in you. Why? Because he could do for you in one day what you could have even, never imagined that you needed 20 years for. You're 80 years old and you think if I could just be 20 again. No, 80-year-old, if God becomes alive in you, he'll do something in one day in you that, man, you would have, that you don't need 20, 40 years for him to do. He, why? That favor that I'm talking about that becomes alive inside of you, which is the presence of the Lord inside of you, it's not a respecter of age. I had to learn that, right, the hard way, being a young pastor. 
pastoring 50 and 60 year olds that they want to talk to me about marriage when I yet was not married and they want to talk to me about sons who I not yet had a son and I would shake and rattle and roll and I would have to hold myself under the thing like don't let them see me shaking until God showed me this truth it's not a respecter of age you speak that which I put inside of you don't ever shut it up again next time you go into that place you look up at them in the eyes and you hold something that is real it's alive inside of you that changed the way I, met. I, I and they look at me and they're like, but you're young. Because, you know, we were 25 years old, 26 years old when we started this. And, oh, but you're so little and you're so. And I was like, oh, that sucked. <laughs> they don't like me. But then God shows you, like, him identifying you as his son, as his daughter, and the favor becoming alive of you. Amen. It's not a respecter of age. He wants to put something within us that will re-identify us and change the course of our life forever. And for you that have children, for your children's life forever. Me and my wife, we're living our life today, and it's crazy, for the glory of the Lord, but also for the legacy we leave behind for our kids. If we don't, we fail. If, if, if I'm 60-something and my son is 30-something, he says, the last thing I want to be is like, Dad, I failed. But if my son says, that the man that I want to be is like that. So he could get a young child and a grandmother pregnant. I know Elizabeth was a grandmother, but she was the age of a grandmother. That sounds weird, I know. He could get a young child and a grandmother pregnant. He could get a young girl and an old woman pregnant with something supernatural that will speak over them as he sees them and not as others see them. And, or not as you see yourself. Uh, so verse 37. The angel Gabriel says, for the word of God will never fail. And it won't fail. And it won't fail in your life. L listen to this, because I think maybe some of us are dealing with this. Here it is. Maybe we want to see the evidence of change in exterior things. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for the mirror I have to look at every day. But then my focus is wrong. We need to refocus and see change begin from the supernatural growth that he desires to perform within us. See, moms may understand this a little bit differently as we honor you moms today. Moms may understand this better. Let me break down what I mean by moms may understand this better. Here we go. You'll never be able <clears throat> to birth. Moms, you, you, you'll get this. If you've been able to give birth to a child, you get this maybe. You'll never be able to birth or see a blessing come to life or see life more abundant until change happens inside of you, until the supernatural takes place within I mean, think about this, moms. Things begin to shift around inside of you. And a seed is placed. And the seed begins to manifest and grow. Things begin to shift. And it finds its place. It finds its residence. And it calls it home for three quarters of a year. 
And anyone who has ever experienced growth in their life will admit that there comes a point where growth matures, becomes perfected, and can no longer be hidden, but must manifest itself to the world as fruit. Like my wife couldn't just say with our kids, like, ah, I just want it to stay in there forever. Because eventually what's inside will come out. <laughs> That's why things like, like out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth could stay shut for a little while. But there's going to be moments that from that mouth of yours, you're going to say some things that are going to reveal what's really in your heart. You can say whatever you want, but I'm talking about your heart. Because eventually that which is growing inside of you, whether it's good or bad, will eventually come out from you. Out of your mouth, out of with your, with your actions. You know, don't pay attention to the seed that's growing inside of you. Malnourish it. Starve it. Cause bad f- things to enter your body and see what it does to your child. When the fruit comes out, it gives evidence of a mother who didn't take care of that which was inside of her. And I feel like sometimes we want something But we're not taking care of the presence that God is giving us inside of us. We want to see the fruit. But it begins in the womb. You can long for whatever fruit you desire. But don't let it go through the process of growth inside of you. I'll never be able to enjoy that fruit if I've not learned the process of growth and presence and identification deep in me to then enjoy the fruit that comes out from me. I don't know how else to explain that. Anyone who's ever experienced growth will admit that. Comes a point where this has to mature and grow and become perfected and can no longer be hidden, but must manifest itself to the world as fruit. Listen, fruit from the supernatural greater change called re-identification that happens inside of me. Mary's, let me talk to Mary's today, and I don't care if you're a man. Mary's, whether woman or man today. Mary's and Elizabeth's. We want to show fruit. Amen. We want to show manifestations. But these are fruit and manifestations that are formed from within. Too many are winning publicly and outwardly. And how many times have you heard me say this on a Sunday? But they're dying inwardly. I don't care what throne they sit on. And I don't care how famous they become. And I don't care how many followers they have on social media. They could be as cool as you might think they're cool, but inside, if there's a world inside of them that's dying, they're really not that cool. It's really not what they wish they could have. What am I saying? I feel like Kevin said this. I feel like Ali said this with that verse. I feel like I said this as well. Win the war within. Embrace the supernatural within so then you can enjoy the fruit without. Let's consider this, that the reason the outward fruit is not being enjoyed is because the inward work of identification that is in his presence is not being established inside. I'll say it again, that the reason of the outward fruit is not being enjoyed is because the inward work of identification found in his presence inside of us has not been established. 
So what is Mary going to say with this presence living inside of her and with this huge... Maybe I should say this before I go. To carry his presence brings forth great responsibility. What we do, what we say, be careful what you say, what you do, how you do it, in front of who you do it, where you publicize it. The stuff in the hidden place. There's responsibility for that that lives inside of you. Amen? So what is Mary going to say about about all of this when the angel Gabriel tells her all this news. Here it is, ready? Verse 38. This is what I wanted to do as I, as I get ready to end. I wanted to end on this note more or less. Here it is. Verse 38. Mary responded with what? I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have just said about me come true. And the angel left her. Job done. That's all I wanted her to say. God was telling me when she says that, then you leave. Here I am, Mary, I'll take it. You see, let me go back to the beginning here for a moment. Sorry for repeating myself. It's so easy to take this story for granted. It's of great importance to our faith. We were introduced to this story probably when we first got saved or way before even we got saved. It's, this story in Luke chapter 1, it's prophecy fulfilled. It shows the deity of Christ. It stamps his kingship. Here is the Savior entering and introduced into this world through a virgin conception and birth, born of parents and one from the line and the lineage of King David, prophecy being fulfilled, kingship, deity as well, being the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. An angelic being is the one who is telling this stuff to Mary, who we know his name, his name is Gabriel, and he's paving the way for the coming birth of the Messiah. Listen, Mary was the vessel to be used to bring this into the world. Not only this, but also, how many of you think of Mary like this? The woman that brought Jesus to the world. And how many of you forgot to say this? And also raise him in this world. Mary didn't just bring Jesus in the world. He also raised him in this world till he was about 30 years old. Go, son, and do everything that I've taught you. I believe that... I believe that Mary has a lot to talk about in the forming of Jesus. And Joseph has a lot to talk about in the forming of Jesus to prepare him for his ministry. And I think God saw favor upon Joseph and Mary because later on in Joseph, in the book of Matthew, it says that Joseph was a righteous man. So because he was righteous, God knew that he wasn't going to believe Mary. So what did he do? The angel had to also take a visit to his house and say, hey, your honey, something's baking in her oven. Receive it. It's from the Holy Spirit. You're going to be the father of God as well. And he says, all right, that's all I need to hear. Let me go tell her that I'm in it with her. What I'm trying to tell you is it was because God knew that there was righteousness in him. And he wasn't going to play around with Mary. You're shacking it up with someone else. You know that I'm a man of God and I don't put up with that stuff. So God had to visit the righteous man named Joseph who I said, I can't have you going anywhere because I've entrusted you to raise the one who sits at my right hand. Mary and Joseph, get up and raise him. Man. Program this thing. Mary was the vessel not only to bear him but to raise him. Now, now think about Mary for a moment. How do I raise a son that is told to me? He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. That the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor. They, all this was set in one sitting. 
in one sitting that the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. The kingdom will never end. The third person of the triune God, the Holy Spirit, will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And all of this is being told from a ferocious angel called Gabriel. He's not like a little wimpy angel. He's not a little fat baby with wings. I'm telling you right now, he's an angel that stands before the presence of God. He is a creation who's angelic being that stands before God with a word from God to a human being. This is not just like... Hi. Angels appeared in the Bible and people fell to their faces and began to worship it because of how glorious they are. That angels had to say, get up, I'm not the one that you're called to worship. Gabriel, this was a, this was a massive encounter here. How does she take all of it? Maybe a, maybe a 30-year-old could hold it down. Maybe a 40-year-old could hold it down. But a 12 or 13-year-old to take all that in? And then to say, so be it. Let everything you said come to pass in my life. I receive it. I will take responsibility to what you've just spoke to me. Let it live inside of me. Come on. The presence of God will cause you to become responsible. Take it. I'll take it. I'll deal with it. How does someone respond to such an encounter? Mary, Mary should be honored. Not prayed to. Not sung a song to. And not worship to, but pause for a moment and say, if I could be like Mary, then I'll be a good wife and I'll be a good mom. I want to take time to honor the mother of God, but more what God did through her and in her. I want to honor Mary. Mary's response is, listen, because I'm last lap. Mary's response is why I believe she was chosen by God to carry his son. Why she was chosen to carry God in her womb for nine months and to raise him for about 30 years. I believe it's, it's found in Mary's response. Why do I believe it's found in Mary's response? Because I believe that from, the abound, from, from her mouth, the abundance, the abundance of her heart spoke. So when she spoke something, it revealed her heart. And that's why I believe that God chose Mary. And what did she say? Here it is. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Do not miss what Mary said. I am a servant of the Lord at the end of the day. What does that really mean? Let his will be done. Let his favor come upon me. And the angel saying what? It's going to hurt though. Right. But let it come because I'm his servant. It's hard when we are the ones that constantly want to be served and not recognize that we're called to be the servant of the Most High God. Mary did not ask the angel, but what? Mary didn't ask the angel, but what about my family? <laughs> what about Joseph? What about my neighborhood? What are they going to? Mary wasn't asking those questions. Mary's response was, let everything you just said about it's going to happen inside of me happen all because I'm a servant of God. She looked through the physical pain. She looked through the physical pain. Like, man, I physically, I pain physically sometimes, a lot of times. I pain mentally a lot of times. But I'm a servant of the Lord. I'll take it if it's for his glory. The Passion says it this way. Mary's response says, this is amazing. I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have 
told me come to pass. She knew what they would say about her. Hallelujah. She knew her character and her reputation would be tarnished. I wrote this stuff down. She understood the cost, the rejection. Isaiah could start coming up. The worship could come up. We will end with a nice song or something and just, Lord, we identify us. Amen. So let's just get a song ready. Just come up here, guys. The rejection that came with it, listen to this. The possibility of losing her fiance because how would he ever believe her? The stain that this would be upon her family. But all of it was of worth to Mary. How do we know that? I will be a mother of the Lord for the Lord. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said come true. I accept the responsibility. This encounter with God made her response able. Mary was not just a, Mary was not a 30-year-old having her first child. Mary would be considered, what I've told you already, a preteen today carrying her first child. What we would call today here in Miami weird. And not only carrying her first child, but who would ironically is also God. And also is conceived by the third person of God, the Holy Spirit. I like, I like how Passion describes the Holy Spirit impregnating her. Can I tell you? It says this. The spirit of holiness will fall upon you and almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. And this is why the child born to you will be holy and he will be called the son of God. Man. Now you get, now you understand why I wanted to title the message. There's something about Mary. There's something about Mary. And it wasn't that she's a porcelain doll for you to bow before. It's because she was a woman who feared the Lord who had a gaze upon God, and God saw that and found favor in her and said, you, Mary, and you, Joseph, will be the parents of my son. There was something about Mary. Father's Day, I'll tell you, there was something about Joseph. But we're talking about Mother Mary right now. There was something about Mary. This week causes me that when I get to eternity, after I'm done for however long at the feet of Jesus, like, where's mom? I want to just give her a hug. She's an amazing person. There was something special about Mary, something special about her coming husband. And I do believe that the Lord looked upon her and declared her blessed among women because he saw that she had a gaze upon the Lord. Remember Timothy? When I, stu- when I spoke about Acts, the gaze he had? Yes, no, maybe sometimes. Circle, yes, if that's the answer. I believe Mary had a gaze. I believe she had a gaze upon the Lord. Wave. <laughs> Let me say this slow. I believe Mary had a gaze upon the Lord way before Gabriel ever came with the message from God for her. Way before Gabriel would make this life-transforming announcement to her, God already saw, she doesn't stop looking at me. My belief, my belief can sit on these verses alone. Remember how we started. Rejoice, the Lord is with you. For you found favor with God. How do you think she found favor with God? There was something inside of her that was yearning, longing. And God said, I saw you. You've been staring at me. And now my favor will come into you. Man. Like God is, like I don't want to get the whole theological my belief wrong in this. Like I believe that God is... Um, 
He's omniscient. God can do whatever he wants, however he wants. Like, we're not, we're not responsible for our salvation, but responsible to react in our salvation and all these things. But, but if you actually think that God is not paying attention to the longing of his children, and you dismiss that and say, oh, no, God does what he wants, and you don't recognize that there is something that God wants inside of you to search him, then you got that whole thing wrong. God desires for something inside of you to gaze upon him and look after him. Well, how do I know that? Because James tells us, and many scriptures tell us, I mean, draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. So my belief could sit on just that. I don't believe it's because Mary, I don't believe it's because Mary and Joseph come from a good bloodline only. I don't believe that stuff. Like everyone, these people are like, oh, it's because they come from the bloodline of David and Joseph comes from the bloodline and she had to marry him so that the way the child could be mad, it could be fulfilled at the bloodline of David and that's why because he's going to be from the throne of David. Listen to me. He could have used Joseph's cousin that comes from the bloodline of, I mean, he could have used whoever he, I'm telling you that I don't think it's because necessarily they came from a good, good bloodline though it had part of it. It wasn't because of that. But I believe it's because they were known by God. That's it. And because they were known by God, God says, I know you. How do I know that's biblical? Ready? Many will come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, I did all these things in your name. I casted out demons. I did works and wonders and signs and all these things. And the Lord says, but I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, workers of iniquity. What does that mean? There are people that will come before him with many good works, but yet God says, I did not know you. Go to hell. What I mean is, there's people here that God knows a little different. I believe that in this crowd. I believe that there's people here, God knows you. But then I believe that there's people here, that God knows you. What do you mean by know? Oh man, look at this, what just happened in my mind. How will this happen if I've never known a man? If I've never been intimate with a man, how will I, how will this happen inside of me if I've never known a man? And I think that's, many of you, God knows you. But many of you, God knows you. Because something has become alive in you because you've been known by God. What do you mean? I'm so confused. You've been intimate with God. You've, you're special. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm a sinner saved by grace and all those things. I believe in all of that. But I want you to know publicly that I also believe out of all of that, I am so special to God. And it's not pride. And it's not wrong theology. I stand before you to tell you that God looks at me and I am his prize. I am his reward. I am his special treasure. I am his holy people. I am his chosen generation. I am his son. I'm telling you today that I am the apple of his eye. It's no longer just Israel. It's me too. And I don't do that in a boasting and in a prideful way. But I want to stand before God one day in eternity. And I want to say, Lord, I don't know what to tell you. But, but, but here, and he just says, it says, come in. Because I knew you. I knew you through the works of re-identification that happened deep inside of you. called presence being made alive. I know them, but I know you, baby. I know you, sweetheart. I know you, son. I know you, daughter. Enter good and faithful servant. 
whatever you said, let it be done, for I am a servant of the Lord. Enter, good and faithful servant. You knew a man, and his name is Jesus, and his presence has become so ever alive inside of you. will see the fruit but let me start changing the identity within I will see the fruit but it starts with re-identification inside of me that is through the presence of the Lord becoming so alive in me I don't know if I have a favorite verse anymore. But I always answer if I have a favorite verse, here's my favorite verse. And it, I've always, since I was in high school, I used to always say Galatians 2.20. When I was in high school, I would say, I'm going to get it tattooed one day on me somehow. Because it's my favorite verse. I'll have a whole biblical thing with you about tattoos. Okay, let's go. But Galatians 2.20 it says this, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's so beautiful. It is no longer I who live. What, what, what is he saying? It's no longer my identity. I've been re-identified. It's no longer I who live. But it's Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in the flesh, this life that I now live, I've always lived it, but now I live it differently. This life that I now live, currently live, there's a past life, but there's a now life. Each word is important. That word is, is it's a transition that happened within him, which I now live in the flesh. Listen to what he says. Paul says, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. Let me say from, the other, from another translation. Here it is. Passion says, my old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah. My old identity no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. There's something about Mary. But when you really start to look at it with the glass, you don't even need a magnifying glass. When you just start looking at it with your eyes, there's something about Mary was that there was something that was so alive in her and that something is a someone and it was the Lord became alive in her and alive in Elizabeth and alive in you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me and we're done and we'll, we'll end. Lord, you know in this place today 
You know, in our family today, those who are embracing a, a deeper, a deeper presence, a deeper degree of presence, a people that don't want to just live common or casual. Better just say lukewarm. And you know the ones who are li- living and, and have a fire inside of them. And you know the ones who have nothing living inside of them. And you know every detail. You're so sovereign. You're all knowing. You're so good. But Lord, I, I just pray that all, for those who are here and those who couldn't make it and those who will hear it on the podcast. That something supernatural would happen like it happened in Elizabeth. Like it happened in Mary. That the favor of the Lord would would come upon us. Does it mean that our exterior world will necessarily change even automatically? But it does mean that our, our interior world will begin to collapse. So that he could build it up again. It would shatter so that he could grow again. Lord, I pray that you would shatter the inside world. I pray that you would collapse those worlds inside of us that the people that are in here who are losing in the most precious battle, which is the world, the presence of God inside of them, that there they could find identification. That you would shatter those things. And just like there is something about Mary, there will be something about us. And that something about us would be that re-identification that happens because of your presence being made more alive in me than it ever has before. I desire that more than fame and riches. I desire that more than popularity. I desire that more than money. I desire that more than being liked. I desire that more than being accepted. I desire, Lord God, that you take residence in me to a deeper place than anything else that I've ever laid my eyes on that caused me to focus on anything other than you Lord God forgive me Lord God and wash me Lord God and cause me to never ponder and look at the other things that don't do anything for me but let me look at the thing at the one who grows in me that re-identifies me so that I could be your image here on earth and that the fruit can be seen because of the world that is alive inside of me oh God Come on, man, begin to pray. I don't want the worship team to even sing. You sing. You pray. I don't even want them to sing something and then you repeat it because I want you to find that thing inside of you to become alive. Let it become alive, Lord. I welcome your presence in me. You know what to pray. You know what's deep inside of that place of You know what's deep in your mind. Come on, begin to release that. And when you're done releasing, we're done and we'll close. But go ahead and and accept that. Come on, be like there's something about Mary. Be like Mary and say, whatever you've just said. Lord, whatever you just said through pastor, I received that for my life. For I am a servant of the Lord. Go ahead. I mean, we can't coach you in this. We can't tell you what to do. Let it come from a deep place inside of you and saying, Lord, enough is enough. The inside of me needs to be more alive than ever. Let this re-identification happen. Let this presence happen. Thank you for, for, for Mary. And let me see it through her life. Thank you. Go ahead. I'll give you some time. I'll stop talking. Hallelujah.